That's right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. Barring any horrible technical issues, you're hearing my voice right now. <laughs> Isn't it sad that I have to start the show that way now? Every week. <laughs> Every week. It's like I, I could be talking to a lot of people and I could be talking to nobody. That's kind of just my life right now. I'm talking to you. Are you? Or am I a figment of your imagination? Possibly. Maybe you're talking to me through the creepy camera cam. Creepy parent camera. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yes. It is a non-sequitur. It is a non-sequitur. For all you people out there in internet land. Anyway. These are, we, we keep our jokes nice and inside. Just the way um, I like it. Just the way I like it. Folks, uh, for those of you that, yeah, for those of you, we're actually supposed to be doing a show. Can we get this under control? So, um, yeah, w welcome in. I am, as always, your host, the Commodore, and with me is Rue, who is uh, not going to try his best not to divert my attention today, if at all possible. Hey there, Commodore. Good to see you. Bang, bang. You just swallow your Adam's apple a little, little bit more. I'm Shooter McGavin. Hey. Hey, you. We're playing the top 40 hits. Only the top 40 hits all day long. It's Commodore uh, in the Stink Bag here on <laughs> KBBL 15.2 AM. You know, make all those. I'm so sorry, everyone. Anyway, what were we yeah, doing? Yeah, anyway, uh, so we are doing a show here. We're going to, yeah. I, I promise it has a point. No. But, uh, you know, we are going to talk tonight about essential video games. That is the topic du jour. Um, it is something that I'm, you're going to talk about exactly where this came from. This was an interesting conversation that kind of spurned this topic. Mm -hmm. Did I just say spurn this topic? This topic has been spurned. Spur I, just, topic. I just spurned this topic. I refuse. Um, I, I have no idea why or what I'm even saying at this point. I, I, I would blame daddy brain, but none of you would believe me. I blame too many Timbits. Probably. Anyway, we're going to be talking about essential video games for a number of probably the most popular and, uh, you know, or, or just the ones we think are interesting video game consoles of the past. Or even generations of the past, and uh, I think that'll be a great conversation. That is the topic du jour of this evening. Um, you know, for those of you that are connecting via the site and are a little frustrated with the whole chat scenario at the moment, please don't kill us. Yes, we're sw we're switching up chat clients on you again. Now we're not using the whole YouTube chat thing. We're going back to IRC because we like to rock it 1998 style. 98 style. That's, yeah, that's... Hmm, 78? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Text like it's 78. So if you are, if you, uh, if you are so inclined, just come on to clanofthegraywolf.com and you can chat. There, we, we set up a client right there. It's easy. You can make up any horrible name that you want, like Tiggy Wiggers or something like that. Tiggy Wiggers? I don't know. That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> that'll be my... That's, that's, like a, that's like a new kids toy collection the tiggy wiggers well yes um so and uh, as always we, yeah we started a i just going to say one thing we oh, yes. started a cha the channel is actually hashtag cotgw oh. not as i used to do echo screen live so um luckily folks the the entire administration of such things has been taken out of my hands which is why we're we're able to launch this tonight so if it comes up and you know you absolutely hate what's going on with the the chat Blame Don't them. worry. Blame It'll them. probably change again. <laughs> yes. Uh, whoa, holy crap. Oh, hey, somebody's got a phone call coming in you know, because they can't silence their phone. <laughs> That's a flat-out phone call, too. That's pretty uh, – usually it's just a text. Anyway, um, 
now I'm all flustered. Uh, you should be. You can't silence your phone. <laughs> uh, we're on top of it tonight, folks. Uh, I was going to say uh, that we're now a grown-ass podcast, but not so grown. Um, you can find yep. us, uh, as a reminder, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can, in the comfort of your own pajamas, download us on your on your uh, phone and listen to us on iTunes or Stitcher or the Android podcatching app of your choice. Just search for Echo Screen Live, and trust me, you'll find us. Uh, and we always appreciate uh, the good reviews, especially on, there on iTunes. Yeah. Um, and spread the word to all your friends if you like what you're seeing. Yes. So, <clears throat> as for tids and bits... The news Ooh, and notes. The news and notes. I'm jumping right in because the, I, yeah, because you don't want this podcast to be an hour and a half long. I'm trying for once. Um, <laughs> I got a news and note. I will be going to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo in a little over 16 hours. Uh, sorry, not 16 hours. That'd be a little it's tight. Super. 16 yeah, days. <laughs> yeah. So how long is the flight? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, October 18th and 19th in Portland, Oregon, at the Oregon Convention Center, which, frankly, is a very large convention center. Um, it, it is, personally, my favorite retro game-only oriented show that I go to. Uh, I'll be going there. I'll be there with uh, Pat, the NES punk, and uh, there'll be some other folks there. Mr. Brentel Floss and, and Pro Jared, perhaps you've heard of them. So you should, get, you should come up. If you're somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, you should come out and join, because it'll be fun for all. I have, I have a... We promise. Kind of, at least. Uh, I have a um, a panel on Sunday morning uh, dealing with video game preservation. I'm actually excited to talk about. So, please come out. It'll be good. Good times. I always have fun there. Me likey. That's a good. That's a good T and B. I gonna, like that. Gonna get you out there um, one of these times for it. I would love to go. I, trust me when I tell you, I would love to be going. <laughs> um, Maybe have not have a like few three things. weeks after you have a baby next time. Yeah, I have a few things going on here that I, that I can't uh, really pass up. Um, other news and notes. You know, this one was interesting to me today uh, That uh, as I was reading through it and I watched the video that Microsoft put out and everything, and it seemed just kind of one of these weird, weird, almost unexplainable kinds of phenomena that happen sometimes in tech news. Microsoft has announced that there will be a new version of Windows in 2015. Now, for those of you keeping track of Windows versions, uh, the latest version of Windows is version 8 specifically 8.1, after it was patched, um, what would you think would be the next version of Windows? I would say Windows Sheepskin. That, uh, That's that, just how I would do it. That but. might be a guess, uh, but I think it's a pretty bad one. Okay, I'm fair just, enough. Just, just calling that one out. Sorry. I don't think that makes any sense. But uh, I would have accepted 8.5. That would have That would have been an acceptable answer. I also would have accepted nine, which is what I think the rest of the world was expecting. <laughs> Instead, uh, Microsoft has announced that Windows 10 will be debuting in 2015. And I don't think they've ever made any kind of apologies for the fact that they skipped right over nine and they don't really care that you think about it yeah, or no, that you want. There's no real reason for that, is there? Like they've said like, oh, well, you know, this is 10 because blah, blah, blah. You know, if you count the regenerations in a certain order, yeah. then the war doctor actually counts as one. And David Tennant's hand count. I'm sorry, I got on something else. Yeah, um, totally not the right thing. But uh, yeah, but, but you know, whatever. I guess it's kind of a weird footnote. Uh, but the best part to me that comes out of this is the joke now. What happened to Windows 9? Windows Seven, eight, nine. Uh, I see. I see what you did there. 
Thank you. Um, Thank have you I'll seen anything about? Week. Yeah. Have, have you seen anything about the actual interface and some of the, you know, well, yeah. functions and. I mean, I, I saw a little bit of this, and, and what seems strange to me is that, yes, this is Windows 10. Now, you think, the only thing I can think about about skipping a, an entire version would be they wanted to say, listen, Windows 10 is such a radical departure from the Windows of the past that we had to skip an entire version to do it. Listen, Winamp did it. Forget about Winamp did that. so much that we're Winamp. skipping nine completely. For those of you that have been into Winamp for 10 years, you'll know just like I do. Winamp skipped version 4. It went straight from version 3 into version 5. And everybody went, what happened to version 4? And everybody at Winamp kind of went, this is such a radical departure. It's such a different thing. We decided to skip a version. And they said, hey, Winamp 234, which doesn't have the same ring to it. So No, it does not. However, what, uh, what I think you will be ultimately very disappointed to find is that it appears to me like Windows 10 is meant to be everything like a polished up version of Windows 7. So in other words, it's not that they took such a grand leap forward that they had excuse to skip 9. It's almost like they took a step back well, and advanced too forward. Can you understand that? Cause yes. I well, no, I can understand that because so many people are complaining about Windows 8 and the mm-hmm. whole Metro system and all this other crap. They right. kind of had to. See, they're taking the best parts of 8 and 7 and they're putting them together and that's what people want. I mean, that I haven't tried it. That's what it looks like to me. I've been mildly following it, uh, the news because, hey, I literally have not upgraded my computer since 2009 before Clan of the Grey Wolf even started. So, that is pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> so I'm I'm looking for an excuse to uh, get a whole new system going. I'm yeah. going to wait till Windows 10 comes out, just because it makes sense. Yes. Um, as a and, side, you so know, oh, no, it, it, you know, I I think I totally get what you're saying about the usability, and everyone was complaining there was no start button. Everybody's what is this tiles thing with Windows 8? That makes sense. What doesn't make sense to me is that they they still skipped a version, even though they were looking back in history. That's what doesn't make sense. I also, anyway, like, I also like Modern Robot's uh, explanation of shifting paradigms and synergistic domains. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> Those are two crucial, crucial facts that need to be understood in order to understand why Windows skipped a version yes. from 9 to 10. And, you must know. And yes, Asher, you get your start button back. It's it's a happy day. Um, as a side note, I find it amusing that uh, just seeing people make it into the chat room. And yes. their first note is, did I make it? Oh, my God, I made it. It's, it's just kind of hilarious to me. It's like it's people cool. scaling a mountain and just... This is a good thing for us. I, I think, you, you know, we're, we're making our, our, our viewers work uh, quite a bit. <laughs> work, for to, work for your supper. Work for your supper. Hey, this brings up a, a, a topic that comes to mind that has nothing to do with Windows. If you have a question that you'd like us to answer on tonight's program, perhaps... It has to do with the topic du jour or some of the things that we've talked about on the Tids and Bits so far. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like the Windows thing. You can ask questions the same way we've been doing it for a while. All you have to do is tweet me at It's the Commodore on Twitter, and I will arrange and ask the best of the best questions that have been assembled throughout the program. You do not have to wait until the third portion of the program, which we lovingly call the Q&A, or question and answer portion of the program, Love and that. ask us questions about anything you like. Mm-hmm. We have the first one um, to name it the Q&A. Really, I, it was very it was original. It, yeah. was, it was more original than Microsoft's uh, naming of, of Windows 10. All right, so, so keeping with my, uh, my goal of keeping this actually under an hour for once, I have one more news and note. Okay. 
tidbit, if you will. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this. I didn't even mention it during our, our pregame here, but uh, I feel like I feel like you're you're setting this up like a like a standup. Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? You're like like Jimmy on South Park, you know? Yeah. Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? I, I mean, come Owen. I mean, you're such a lovely audience. So, uh, have you heard about these morons in Congress? Come on. <laughs> What's up with that, right? I, mean, I didn't think approval ratings could get below 20. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, ah, that's right, shooter. Um, anyway, <laughs> Tetris. Tetris being turned into an epic sci-fi yeah. movie by the Mortal what? Kombat movie movie producer. What? Did you hear what? about that? Yes, I heard about it. Um, what? the hell is going on so apparently the producer of the first two mortal Kombat movies and what were there three or there were there were only two that i remember two okay yeah we'll pretend that there were two uh oh there was also a, a tv series and a stage show whatever um hopes to transform the tetris brand into quote an epic sci-fi story Ooh. um Producer Larry Kazanov, chairman of Threshold Entertainment, and executive executive producer Jeremy Iener are overseeing the film with the Tetris Company, which is actually yeah, a real company. Yeah, no, it's actually the Tetris Company. So uh, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. This is going to be a a story about aliens uh, destroying U.S. cities or not even U.S. world cities using giant blocks. That assemble together and blow up once you put them together and fit them together correctly. I hope guys. so. Um, the, the, this article is sadly low on details. Uh, actually, mm. maybe not surprisingly low on details because who knows if this evil even who knows if this will even get off the ground. Um, but you know what it reminds me of when when people th- before uh, you know the, the Smash Brothers Smash Brothers is coming out in America in another two days. Thank on, goodness on 3ds. I'm excited. You need to get a 3ds. Saw the, saw a commercial today. I was excited about that too. What? I didn't even see that. Anyway, um, but and people beforehand, people just throw out all sorts of ridiculous uh, characters that they w- would like to put in there. Like I think Duck Hunt Dog might have been considered a ridiculous, off the wall character. Someone might have joked about it at some point. Right. Uh, but the one that people probably uh, one of the more popular ones is Tetris Block. You know, that's right. what this reminds me of. It's like yeah. Let's like, start, so it makes more sense to put Tetris block into Super Smash Brothers than to make a Tetris movie. And I'll just put, yeah, I'm just going to put that out there. I completely agree. You actually uh, famously dressed up, infamously dressed up as a Tetris block for Halloween a few years back, if memory serves. I think that was a very good costume. I thought it was a great costume. It worked pretty, pretty well. <laughs> it was hard to move uh, in. I was an L block for the record. Yeah, and it was it was awkward that you kept trying to fit right up next to people all well, night. But other than that, it was pretty good. Sometimes, never mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we, I don't know if you found the fit you were looking for. But anyway, um, okay. So without further ado, maybe we should skip the old, uh, the, the rest of the tits and bits and move right onto the topic du jour. I want to give you an opportunity to set up why we're talking about essential games because <laughs> this was something that came out of a conversation you and I had after the show, the after program, <laughs> last time. Go Actually, uh, we were talking about this. Uh, I think in the Q&A last time, maybe. Oh, were we? No. I think so. Cooper. I'm sorry. Cats are doing yeah. things. Um, it, that never happens. I know, right? Uh, what was I saying? If it's not a phone ringing, it's a cat with a bag. Anyway, that sounds like a, a lesson for life. A cat with a bag. <laughs> that, so, that guy's like a cat with a bag. So I was... He's, you know what? He's That guy over there, he's got the... 
He's got the cow's ears, but not the farmer's. <laughs> that was my favorite made-up, nonsensical, uh, 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 old-timey phrase that, that we came up with sometime. Uh, it kind of almost makes sense if you think about it. But anyway. It does, yeah, yeah. He's got the cow's ears, but not the farmer's. Not the farmer's. Anyway. What the hell was I talking about? Okay. Yeah, where did this topic come from? <laughs> it was at MAGFest 8.5 a few weeks ago in sunny Washington, D.C. I looked right outside it. And um, there was a doing the RetroWare panel with some of the fine folks from RetroWare TV. And uh, uh, during which, or actually afterward, there was this uh, gentleman. Uh, I didn't even think to get his name. I should try to find him. But he said he was a professor at University of Maryland and that he was teaching a course on philosophy and video games and um cool course one i would take yeah i it sounds something along uh, up the alley of uh history of rock and roll which you did actually take in college um yep. as a freshman that's right amazingly and uh so the question he asked me was uh he was actually asking our real opinion was what three games on the nes would you consider you know essential or or seminal i don't know if seminal is really the right word but basically like you know if you go to a course and you have required reading yes. for a given topics what three games on the nes should be required reading that now show here, the breadth and depth of games on the yeah. system and and it's it's a good question because i think it, it, there were so many games that came out for the nes and and, and so many games that came out for every system it's difficult for archival purposes. It's difficult for description purposes to describe to kind of previous generate or you know newer generations what previous generations of video games were actually like, mm -hmm. unless you have kind of the quintessential video gaming experience on them. And this is where it gets weird, folks, because folks. you told me about this. Yeah. And you had three in your head. Mm, yeah, three that I told him. Yeah. Three that you were that you were you were holding back on. You didn't you didn't tell me yet what your three were, and then you said, and I said, well, you know, I've I've got some ideas, and I started telling you mine, and I gave you three. Uh, and before you go on, Modern Robot brings up a good point. Why yeah. an arbitrary number as three? Well, because by nature it has to be arbitrary. Why not two? Why not ten? At some point, you just need and to kind of good things come in threes. Yeah, and, and and again, think of this as if this is a course you are taking in college you don't read 50 books uh on a yes. topic in the course three right. maybe during the course of the uh if you were taking a course on nes games the history of nes games i could see three being required reading and then you go more or in depth on if you it. were taking a, a course in the history of video gaming and you needed to play one to three games on the nes just to know what it was about mm -hmm. that's what we're trying to figure out mm -hmm. you, your one chapter on video games about the nes what would you call anyway and at that point what is really this this shocked me either we're doing something very right or doing something very wrong i called out three games and they happen to be almost exactly identical to the games that you chose i chose super mario brothers 3 mm -hmm. legend of zelda and dragon warrior and you chose super mario brothers 3 legend of zelda and dragon warrior 3 I how got, crazy is got that a little trickier there how crazy <laughs> is that? That is unbelievable that we would choose exactly the same three games out of everything. Uh, and we've never talked about this before. No, so 
This was a completely new conversation. I mean, like, I, I maybe everybody out there in the chat's going or listening is going. Well, big freaking deal. You know, who cares? But this well, was a big deal for us. And I, I, th I think we, this means that we're all on a, on a lot of the same wavelength here because some people yeah. have in the chat have already started saying what their three would be, and I encourage others to do so as well. But um, I've seen, I'm seeing a lot of, I'm seeing Mario and Zelda, and I'm assuming they are, they're meaning Mario 1. I see some Mario 3s as well. Uh, I think everyone will agree Zelda, like why these games? Zelda is uh, very important for the system. It basically shows, for, amazing for such an early game, it shows what an adventure game on the system should be. Uh, it has that sense of exploration that is uh, difficult to find in other games of the, of the era, let alone the system. And really, in addition to that, is seminal in the fact that <clears throat> it influenced a lot of games, a lot of adventure games afterward. Uh, so that's kind of a no-brainer. Mario, you could you could suggest Mario 1 or Mario 3. Most people wouldn't say 2, even though... I mean, that's not to say it's not a good game. It's just not emblematic of the system. No. Now, I would argue Mario 1 is more seminal, more, more influential. Yes. It's quite possibly the most important video game of all time, at least yes. arguably, uh, especially for the home... North American console market. <laughs> got nothing. Got nothing on Tetris. Yes, and we we could that. Nah, that's an argument anyone could have. The most important yeah. video game of all time. Anyway, exactly. uh, however, but Mario Three, I would say, is more essential to the system because it is the pinnacle. I would say. I mean, you can arguably, but come on, it's the pinnacle of, of platforming on that system. I I played Mario Three on a on a genuine NES when I happened to be up at Con Bravo. Um, in July, and it's so easy to fall in love with that game all over again. Mm -hmm. it, it's 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 like riding a bicycle. You know, you, you you jump right back in, and it's still fun. But the game is so deep, and and it's it's um, so encompassing, and it does so many things right. And I had actually jumped from a couple other retro systems that I played platformers on, and then I played Mario Three, and there is no comparison between Mario 3 in terms of the tight controls, in terms of the use of the system to paint the pictures it was painting, um, the development of the characters to a certain degree, and the personality, and the universe, uh, the art style. Mario 3 is just as good as it gets, in my opinion, on the NES. Yes. So I, I, most people, or at least arguably agree with, with Mario uh, 1 or 3, we say 3, and Legend of Zelda. <clears throat> yeah, and I and I agree with both of those. And then you know, with Dragon Warrior, uh, and some people have said Final Fantasy. Yes, th this um, one is more fluid. I don't, yeah. at least in North America, I don't believe there is one emblematic RPG of the system. But you should include an RPG. You could, yeah. you there, there's there's so much you could put in this place. You could put Mega Man Two. Yep. Uh, I, I would argue against it because you already have a platformer. Granted, it's a very different type of platformer than Mario 3, right. but whatever. Uh, a lot of people could say Metroid. Metroid would definitely I, be one. I, I think, think that's a good one to put in. Um, it can be a frustrating game, but it does have a sense of exploration that is um, hard to find in others. Some might say it's an adventure game like Legend of, like Legend of Zelda. Right. Um and there's all sorts of other types of games, but the three major types, I would say, are platform, adventure, and 
RPG. So when you pick an RPG, you have several to pick from, and there, there's several you could pick in North America. Not one took the market away because RPGs weren't huge in America at the time, yeah. on, on consoles at least. Um, you could say Final Fantasy. You could yep. say Dragon Warrior. You could say Dragon Warrior 2, 3, or 4. Yep. Um, if you want to include Famicom games, you could say Mother. You could say Gone Home, uh, not Gone Home, Sweet Home. Um, I chose Dragon Quest 3 for a few reasons. It includes a lot of tropes that maybe it didn't begin necessarily, but it popularized. Well, it's, it's the same on, concept. On consoles. It's the same concept you're talking about with Mario 3. It wasn't yeah. the first. It, w- it just kind of became the perfection of form um, of many of those particular tropes. Right. And so, um, so, like, you know, the the four-person party uh, where you choose jobs, there's a day-night cycle, there's uh, just side quests out the wazoo. Um, yes. You know, it's great. Uh, Dragon Quest One, as you chose, was... Dragon Warrior. Sorry, well, Dragon, yeah. same thing. Dra- I know. Uh, Dra- Dragon, Dragon Warrior One. But, I mean, try to find Dragon Quest on NES, you can't find it. I mean, why, yeah, would you, why would you say Dragon Warrior? The, the reason I said Dragon Warrior was really because Dragon Warrior was the most compl- the first and most complete RPG I ever played for the NES. I remember very distinctly picking that game up when everybody else wanted to play the simple kind of platformer games where you could anybody could pick it up and be good at it, right? And I remember picking up Dragon Warrior for the first time and playing it and being so enamored by the fact that it was a it was my first real experience with a role-playing game and you know i could easily have picked dragon warrior 3 um like you did Uh, i totally understand your reasoning for picking dragon warrior 3 maybe my my reasons for picking dragon warrior are that it was just kind of the first rpg i ever played and we all know there's nothing like your first (laughs) and uh so for me it it was it's very much about the, the kind of memory of really putting it together and saying this is what an rpg is and I really like this concept. No other game grabbed me like that. And I think that's very, um, you know, that's that's very valid. It's a very valid point of view. So, I, and again, this isn't saying like, oh, these are definitely the three. If you didn't pick them, yeah. you're wrong. It's just our, right. our our particular picks right. for the essential games of that system. That that if you wanted to explore the breadth and depth of what the system has to offer, maybe look a little bit more into the history of it. Yes, those three are a good place to start. So. That happens to be the NES, and and as this is one of the things we were thinking about, the idea that so we didn't do any prep together on this. Nope, not at all. Okay, we didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about what even the systems we're going to talk about. So we thought it might be fun for us to jump through some of the most popular systems in history, mm-hmm. talk about some of the essential games, see if we agree and disagree, and make some cases as to um, what the best games are. Well, maybe not the best, but. They're at the most essential. Exactly. Let's be let's be clear. Let yeah. Me, let me be clear. Let me be clear. Um, wow. So I you know. So I, I don't know. Let's let's not let's not jump with that woman. Yeah, I know. I know. What? I don't know. Sexual relations. Not He's got a grandchild now. Isn't not, that crazy? Not gonna do it. Not no gonna. Father. Um. We should put that in the news and notes. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I, one more note. I was going to say the thing that really tips the scales for me with Dragon Warrior 3 yeah. slash Dragon Quest 3 is in many ways it was the culmination of Dragon Quest fever in Japan. And I think you have to look worldwide at these games. Yeah, People absolutely. went insane. 
uh, going after this thing. Like the 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 country went through like a small shutdown. You know, kids yeah. kids were skipping school, et cetera, et cetera. Madness. Uh, and, it hit in a way that that no game has hit. Yes, anywhere else, I think. Um, yeah, well, you, you couldn't get away with that kind of. Not thing. quite that way in, in either here or there, and. Um, you know, like I would say, that that also has a bit of the cultural impact as well. So yes. Anyway, uh, so what system would you like to go to next? There's so well, many to choose from. Yeah, let's not move to something that's immediately surrounding the NES. Let's 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 leap a little bit. Let's talk about the Nintendo 64. Whoa. Okay. I wasn't even thinking of that. I, I wasn't either. But but the 64 gets panned a lot because of the fact that number one, it didn't have the kind of dearth of games that other that obviously the PlayStation had. But the other thing was, you know, is the, the NCC... Yeah, I did. I, did I do that again? I, did, I, <laughs> it's just like, I, I should have said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You have been um, So I meant to say deluge, and I said dearth. Um, <laughs> the dearth of games on the Nintendo 64, which would have been probably correct. That, that's a better way to put it, yeah. That. Yeah. Um, anyway, but so it gets panned quite a bit. But, but the 64 is something that you and I both grew up with. We, it was both near and dear to our hearts. What are your essential games that you must play for the Nintendo 64? Well, because there was such a lack of diversity relatively on the 64, I think this is, a, this is going to be a relatively easy one to choose. Okay. Well, good. Then I picked, I picked an easy one. So what's your, what are your three? Mario 64, pretty much revolutionized and set three-dimensional platforming to this day in a lot Agreed. of ways. Yep. Uh, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Many people say the greatest game ever made. I disagree. It's not even my favorite Zelda. But it is very influential in the same way that Mario set up Adventure Platform. It's, it's very similar to, actually, it is funny you pick this. Because in a lot of ways, it does follow from the NES. Um, yeah. You know, uh, in the same way that uh, Super Mario 64 set uh, 3D uh, action platforming, uh, Legend of Zelda set 3D adventure gaming. And... These things are still used very much to this day. The third one yes. becomes trickier. Yep, I think there's a lot of ways you can go here. This this becomes kind of the way that because there's, yeah we determine what uh, you know maybe what your own preference is versus what is essential. So we're trying to be objective here, right? Yes, uh, and I really want to say Super Smash Brothers, but. I don't think I don't think I don't think anybody objectively speaking would pick that game. I don't think so. I, I mean, it's it's obviously a, a favorite because near and dear to our hearts, it's, but it's a very unique experience on the system. It didn't absolutely do a lot of other things. Oh goodness, I'm thinking there's a there's a handful of games here you could pick. I know you could pick. You you, you and I have, agree on the first two. I'll say that you could pick Star Fox sixty four, but. Uh, I mean, flight. I would not. I would not pick Star Fox. I, I wouldn't pick it. It's it's. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a good flight arcade game, but yeah, arcade style. But but is it is it is an essential? Is it an, a necessary experience in the system? I would say no. Probably not. Okay. Well, what do you have a third one in mind? I do. The I've got two of them in mind, and I know you're going to think of one, so I'm going to say the other. People, people um, in the chat have made good points, and I'm already sold. But you go ahead. I am going to say the Golden Eye 64. Yep. What is, is the the third essential game you must play for Nintendo sixty four? Yes, I, I and the, yeah, yeah. Now that I see that, it's it's obvious to me that should be the third one. Yeah, I mean, Goldeneye did so many things. Number one, it 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 proved that you could have a platformer on consoles 
and it could still be fun, and it could still be engaging, and it could still be quick. Um, to that point, as we all know, consoles were all uh, were were really devoid of any kind of great first-person shooter action. Um, first-person shooters were limited to PCs. It was what people on PCs did, not what people on N64 or N64 or any other consoles did, right? So um, that's no, that's reason number one. Reason number two, it it basically gave gave birth and reason to having the four controller ports on the N64. Yeah. It was a fantastic um, lock yourself in all weekend with three of your friends and everybody plays GoldenEye uh, kind of a, of a game. GoldenEye is fun, single player, but no one played it for the single player mode. You always play GoldenEye with your friends just to blow each other up on the same TV screen. That's why I think GoldenEye is incredible. You know, proximity mines in the facility. <laughs> oh, man, you guys just completely... Uh, I, I made you guys uh, ban that. Yep. It was worth it. No, no time limit, proximity mines in the facility. I think I yep. eventually won that with 42 kills after an yes. hour or so. Anyway, yeah. uh, well, let me, let me ask you this then. Um, going off of the argument that Super Mario 3 should be chosen over Super Mario Brothers because mm -hmm. it is a, a more refined, more uh, polished version that shows what a platformer could be on that system. Yeah. What about Perfect Dark? I think it, it, it improves on GoldenEye in every conceivable way for the N64. It does, but part of the appeal of GoldenEye, I think, happens to be the um the fact that it is a licensed game that kicks ass <laughs> so you know uh, uh, so you know i had seen james bond movies before i watched goldeneye 64 or played goldeneye 64 maybe that says something about my own psyche but i i had seen some james bond movies but after playing GoldenEye, all I, wa I wanted to watch every, and I did watch every single James Bond movie ever made, mm -hmm. because they did such a great job of weaving characters, settings, tropes of the series into the game. It was masterfully done. It, you're absolutely right. Perfect Dark, from a, from a gameplay perspective, improves on GoldenEye in every conceivable way. It's made by the same people. But what Perfect Dark doesn't have is that kind of sexy, cool, suave James Bond feel where you have odd job chasing Jaws around with a golden gun, right? Or slappers only. Or slappers only, right? Um, I'm, I, I can buy GoldenEye as the third one on this yeah. list. I think I personally am going to have to say Perfect Dark just because I think it is, wow. it is a better one. I, I'm surprised there. I, it's yeah, close. it's close. It's close, and, and to me, the experience matters more than necessarily just the game, but I can understand what you mean. I enjoy GoldenEye more than Perfect Dark, but I think Perfect Dark's just a better emblematic uh, show, showing of what uh, what an FPS can be on a console. Uh, GoldenEye really showed that it could be done and paved the way for games like Halo, but uh, Perfect Dark's just a better improved in all ways on that system, so... Uh, agreed. All right. So, so let me let me say this too. Here is my alternate third, okay. and let me see if you agree with this. Okay. Quest sixty four. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, 
Mario Kart 64. Oh, man. How could I forget about that? Mario Kart 64, mm. in, my opi- in my opinion, could easily be the number three over GoldenEye. Uh, it could be. I would still not pick it over GoldenEye. Um, Which is why I didn't. <laughs> right. How can I forget about Mario Kart 64? Because that influenced a lot of racing games. That made, that uh, made, yeah. that made Kart Racer a subgenre. The kart racer, the, the arcade game of every kind, the the idea of, you know, um, taking the licensed, mm. you know, characters from from obviously the the intellectual property of all of Nintendo and throwing them into a game. There were so many great aspects to the, the music, right? I mean, Mario Kart sixty four is is a masterpiece in many ways. Here's I think one of the great measures of a game. You can still. Pl- Hop in Mario Kart 64 and a 64 and give three other people controllers and have an absolute blast playing Mario Kart 64. It is still playable. It's a little bit ugly in certain places where, you know, you're in Wario Stadium and you can't tell where the ground is. Um, But it is incredibly fun. And something like GoldenEye has not held up nearly as well. Um, It has needed to be remade in order to recapture some of its glory. Fair enough. Not with Mario Kart 64. It's, it is a masterpiece. Okay. Um, agreed. So uh, let's let's move along. Let, let's try to get two more in in the ne- within the next seven to ten minutes. Um, okay. Let's let's go hard mode. I'll pick one okay. and you pick one. Okay. okay. I think you know where I'm going to go. Okay. Super Nintendo. So yeah. many great games on that system. There are so many great games on the Super Nintendo. What three are essential? And, and the, the challenging part is that there were so many good genres that came to fruition on the super nintendo as well many, so if you're yeah. trying to i could pick the best three games and not even leave a single genre i, um, I, I could be called a, a flaming fanboy for this and i don't care but I, i've said it before and i'll say it again super nintendo in many ways was the pinnacle of 2d gaming yeah i, I think it was and i think every single every single game age. yeah the renaissance of 2d that you see coming out now is all basically the reinvention of what what the Super Nintendo would be like if it were out today, and, and, and really, what really developers is. learned during that period. Bananas. That's that is exactly right. Um, <laughs> all right, so true lies. If, you know, so again, not picking the best, but picking the essential games. Yes, I would have to say that my number one mm. would be Chrono Trigger. Okay. I think Chrono Trigger is one of the greatest demonstrations of what the Super Nintendo is capable of. Chrono Trigger has a um, an incredibly engaging story. It's it is in, to many people the pinnacle of the of the JRPG and the Super Nintendo era. Um, it has great characters. It has great settings. The music is phenomenal. It shows off what the Super Nintendo can do. It has. Um, you know, uh, even though it's got action elements to it, it's not just a strictly turn-based RPG. You know, I think there's so many reasons why. But for me, in terms of the broad depth, the essential game, not my favorite, again, because Chrono Trigger is not my favorite. You know this. Yeah. I think Chrono Trigger is the, is, is the most essential Super Nintendo game. Okay. Oh, and your other two? Oh, okay. I thought you were going to either refute or confirm that one. Uh, keep, um, keep going. <laughs> Or, or I'll, I'll, I'll answer with that. 
Okay, yeah. obviously uh, an RPG needs to be fit needs to be picked. It has to be. At least at least one, I would say at most one because you don't want to double up on genres. Yeah. <clears throat> Chrono Trigger I could accept, but I'm going to I'm going to actually pick Final Fantasy 6. Uh I think I, I think it's kind of a toss up. Mildly, yeah. Uh the thing is the thing about 6 is that <clears throat> it really starts to break the the preconceived notions people might have like that's when in my mind at least this that's when it did it for me the whole argument of game video games as art and i think final fantasy 6 takes some of those first major steps into that with the combination of the amazing score by uh nobuo uematsu with the uh very emotive sprites uh telling a story uh, yes. the dialogue the uh great 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 uh, gameplay system with the Magisite. Uh, two worlds. I mean, it's it's dark in places. There's potential suicide in this game. Um, yeah. I, I think it is everything an RPG should be mm-hmm. and is the pinnacle of that genre on the Super Nintendo. I, I think that's an easily defensible way of taking things. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find people that would say anything other than Final Fantasy VI or Chrono Trigger as the as the most essential RPG for the system. Yes. Um, moving on, what I would have to say is probably one of my favorite video games I've ever played and is easily one of the most replayable is A Link to the Past. Okay. I think A Link Zelda to the game. Past... Yeah, I mean, my favorite Zelda game as well. Love Ocarina of Time. Um, but there's absolutely nothing like A Link to the Past. It is, in many ways, what I think... Um, you know, Nintendo and Shigeru Miyamoto wanted to be able to do. You could see what his dream was when he built Legend of Zelda on the NES. He made it real on the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost as if you took all that, you you dusted it off, you made it look nice, you you made it into an actual game that had what he was trying to accomplish, but was technically limited, and you come up with a link to the past. It's complete. The music is amazing. I think it's it's an incredibly engaging story. The replayability is is phenomenal, and the way that the game fits together, it's such a tight video game. And what I mean by that is that, you know, there is no kind of cheating this game. There's no bugs in it about working things around, or it's so you get this, then you do this, then you do this, then you do that. You can't do these things until you do until you do those things. And to me, that is an incredibly difficult thing. When you play that game... But there's game, still a though, sense of exploration. Ex- exactly, exactly. How did they do this? That, that's what I was going to say. When I play that game, I sit there and I say, how did they go about planning this game? It blows my mind. By the way, the, I, you, can, you can tell how different or, or how hard this, these decisions are by looking at the chat because there have been literally one or two dozen games thrown out there uh, yeah. of, of all types because... Not everyone. I haven't. I don't think I've seen anyone agree on the same exact three yet. Um, for me, it's between. If we're talking, you have to include an adventure game of some point or of some type. Yep. And it's really gonna be between A Link to the Past and Super Metroid. Super Metroid and is definitely, definitely a, a great choice. I love A Link to the Past, and I like it better than Super Metroid. But I'm gonna pick Super Metroid. Um, because it is a very expansive world. Uh, you truly, in the same way, like you can't, you can do this, but you can't do that. And, you know, 
this opens it up a little bit more. It's an incredibly, em you know, um, not emotive. It's very atmospheric, the game. It's creepy. Uh, it's uh, Im imposing. Uh, when, when you land, like from the very first place where you land, where Samus lands her ship, you just, it's raining and there's thunder and you just want to get out of that rain. You want to get to some sort of shelter and, right. and find out what's going on. Isn't it amazing that it pulls that kind of emotion out of you and it's, you know, literally, like I say, you know, crappy sprites jumping around on screen? Yeah, I mean, this is really, really close between Link to the Past and Super Metroid, but I'm going to pick out, I'm going to pick Super Metroid for that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you know, as for a third, I, I was trying to think of, you know, uh, the kind of platformer angle on this. Would I go with Yoshi's Island or Super Mario World? Um you know that's a that's a tough one. Both of them have their their perks. I would probably say Super Mario World. I played more of Super Mario World than I did of Yoshi's Island. Um, Yoshi's I'd Island. That. Yoshi's Island is <clears throat> yeah for obvious reasons. Uh, Yoshi's Island is definitely uh, not not really unique, but it was definitely unique at the time. It had a lot of new mechanics and tried new things, and it was kind of. <clears throat> Uh, put in the background because of Donkey Kong Country, which came out near around the same time, which was just visually stunning. But, Unbelievable. Um, Honorable mentions in Super <clears throat> Nintendo, I guess, is where we can go? Well, I, I didn't say I agree with Super, Super Mario. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, again, like with the adventure games on Super yep. Nintendo, I think it comes to I think it comes down to two. I don't think it's between Super Mario World and Super Mario World 2. I think it is between Super Mario World and... Mega Man X. Mega Man X is an awesome, awesome game. And I think I'm going to go with Mega Man X. I didn't realize until we played the... Uh, uh, until I played this all the way through without continuing for the charity marathon a couple years ago, how 15 years... No, 20 years later, I was still able to play all the way through that game without looking at really anything up. I yeah, still, still remember. Because I'm, Isn't it... It's such a wonderful, complete experience. It's um, it's, it's an amazing game. Uh, Super Mario World obviously is too. Really, kind of a toss up, but I'm gonna go with Mega Man X anyway. I, I agree. I agree. This is taking much longer than I expected. I know. <laughs> do, do you want Do you want a lightning round one before the Q and A? Yeah, let's do that. So uh, let's do. I don't know if I want to how how recently I want to go because that could get challenging. Let's do. Make it hard mode. Let's do the PlayStation, the original PlayStation. Okay. I figured you're gonna go PlayStation or PlayStation Two. Yeah, PlayStation's harder for me because I didn't have one. <laughs> yeah, it is, um, but it's it's still tough. Even even it's still tough. Um, okay, I think we can both agree. Final Fantasy Seven. Come on, Final Fantasy Seven is is a great game, and I think it's the best RPG I ever played for the system. But there are so many damn RPGs for the PlayStation. There are, and but a lot of them are so influenced by Final Fantasy VII. No question, and and, and many of them, and, and many, of so them many of them I haven't played. Many of them are overwrought trying to emulate yeah. what Final Fantasy VII did, which is overwrought itself with a lot of yeah, pseudo I mean, and, psychological. But stuff. you know what? The, the the other thing is this, right? If you, yeah. I think it's it's completely viable to look back on Final Fantasy VII and say, mm. you know, everybody played this game, and then you'll you'll get you'll get 
a bunch of other people that'll go, oh, well, have you played, you know, X, you know, Xenogears? Have you played, you know, all these other kinds of things, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you kind of go, yeah, but everybody's played Final Fantasy VII, right? <laughs> and there's something kind of powerful to the popularity of it that to me um, that to me made it special. And I think Final Fantasy VII is a special game, and it would be it would be one of the essential games. Hell, it's it's the reason that most of us, if not all of us, ever even played a PlayStation. True. It's, it's, I mean, it, it really is what broke for whatever reason, and and this is, could be a whole topic topic in of itself. Why did Final Fantasy break through finally? And bring to the West uh, the popularity of RPGs on consoles that Japan had for so long. That's right. Weird. Uh, papers have probably been written and could be written about it. But anyway, yeah, I, I would say Final Fantasy VII. I mean, granted, there are a lot of other RPGs you could pick, but that's my pick. Yep. Um, uh, all right. Uh, you know what I wouldn't do? I don't think I'd pick a single... We picked a shooter in the N64. Yeah. I don't think there's a single shooter I could pick on the... On no. The no. Um, um, although there were a lot of them, I think the other easy one, relatively easy one, besides Final Fantasy VII, is uh, it's been mentioned several times in the chat. And I'm glad they said it because they reminded me. But Symphony of the Night, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. You see, I'm torn on this one. To me, it's a lot. Well, it's it's Metroidvania. It's very much like yeah. For the same reasons, I pick Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo. I pick Symphony of the Night for the PlayStation. It's exploration. There's a lot more to it than meets the eye. You know? But is it essential to the system? I say so. So, Symphony, that anybody that knows me, anybody knows what we've done in here in the Clan of the Grey Wolf, <laughs> knows that one of my favorite games is Final Fantasy Symphony of the Night. It is one of my Final, favorite Final games. Final Fantasy Symphony of the Night? Did I just say that? Final, I haven't played that one. Yeah, Final Fantasy Symphony of the Night. It's There's, a great, great game. You should a, check it out. It's a dearth of a game. Uh, it really is. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a dearth of experiences. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Wow. Um, Castlevania is one of my favorite games on PlayStation 1. But I'm not so sure it is the essential game for the PlayStation 1, specifically because it was what it was. It was a 2D platformer that was very much creating the kind of Metroidvania concept, right? Yeah. There were elements of it that were 3D. There were elements of it that were cool, like, for example, the music, which required a CD because there was so much of it and it was such great quality. This is a PlayStation black disc. Cut number one contains computer data, so please don't play it. But, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, I, my, my take on that was, was that it was kind of almost the best. Castlevania Symphony of the Night is almost the best of what the previous generation could have offered with a little bit of snazz and pizzazz because it was on a 3D system. That to me is, is one of the reasons why I'm not sure I'd pick it as the as essential to the PlayStation, even though I think it's one of the best games, if not in, right. in the top three, top five. All right, what else would you pick then? I would pick I would pick Metal Gear Solid. Okay. I see a lot of people saying that in the chat too. That's uh I've Metal- ne- I've only played very little of it, but I can understand that pick. Metal Gear Solid is an incredible experience on the PlayStation. It's the only Metal Gear I've played top to bottom. Um, the, the, the Metal Gear games in the NES pissed me off. Um, I'm not good at stealth games at all, but but you could legitimately play Metal Gear Solid with so many different kinds of strategies. It had so many different kinds of elements. Um, the 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 quick time kind of events before they were called quick time events, <laughs> and before they were kitschy and stupid, right? Um, 
you know, smoking a cigarette to steady your hand so you can shoot some. I mean, it's it's just the box, everything. Everything about this game is it, fantastic. It really does pull you into the role. And it is essential. I remember the first time I put, I got a demo disc for the PlayStation 1 when it first came out. I popped it in and played the, the Metal Gear Solid demo. And it starts out with him, like, coming out of the water. And he's, like, smoking a cigarette. And you can see the smoke. And at that, and now looking at it now, it looks ugly as hell as if you'd never play it ever again. Like but at the time, time, yeah. But at the time, you look at that and you go, "Oh my god, that looks absolutely photorealistic." Red Red Mage says the story is pretentious as hell. It that is. could that could be the uh, subtitle to most games of the PlayStation. It seems the story uh, is pretentious. Xeno Gears, the story is pretentious as hell. It um, is. It is. It is. Um, Resident Evil. The story is pretentious as hell. So I was going to say, for my third one, I was going to say Resident Evil. Um, uh, it's the, yeah, yeah. Resident Evil's director's cut, not Resident Evil 2 or okay. Resident Evil 3. No, Resident Evil director's cut. I was going to say, uh, yes. Yeah, so it would be, for me, my three are, what I say? Symphony of the Night, Final Fantasy Seven, and Resident Evil director's cut. Yours are, just to move things along, Final, Final Fantasy Seven, uh, Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid. And? And... I, 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 there are a lot of really good games for the original PlayStation. I, I am gonna say one. Oh, that's too similar. It's, it's. I gotta pick one that's a different genre. Resident Evil is a good one. I played the hell out of that game and enjoyed it. Fighting games. There were a lot of good fighting games on the PlayStation. Fighting, fighting games were not necessarily yeah, that much fun to tech. play. Tekken, Tekken was awesome. Tekken 2 was better than Tekken um, on the PlayStation. Yeah, I don't know. I, I could pick a lot of those different ones. I, I, I can't pick. What? You're abstaining? Well, okay. Not I'll e pick. What? I'm, I'm surprised. I thought you were going to say Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal 2. Yeah. Twisted Metal 2 is a, is a much, much better game. It's a great game. It's a great multiplayer game. It's not. I don't think you need to play that in order to, right. to so you're, have experience. You're cheaping out and you're abstaining from the third one. That's fine. No, I'll, I'll say. I'll say. I'll say Tekken. Fair two. Enough. Tekken two. People are saying Final Fantasy Tactics, and I have. I have a. Yeah. I, I have something to admit. I never played Final Fantasy Tactics. You watched us play it though. That's good enough. I did. Close um, I really you know, I have it. I need to play it. I'm sorry. Ta I Tactics apologize. is a great game, but Tactics is not is not all it's cracked up to be. I totally understand why people love Tactics, but if you want to play a Final Fantasy Tactics type game, that is an absolute sleeper. I've said this before. Um, there is a a game on the Xbox that absolutely is amazing and has mm -hmm. the same Final Fantasy Tactics gameplay, and um, mm -hmm. It's called uh, what's the name of the Roman sword? I can't remember the name Gladius. of the Roman sword right now. Gladius or Gladius, Gladius, Gladius. Gladius. It is incredibly fun, made by LucasArts. I remember you going on about that. Yeah. And they made a tremendously good game. It is it is the best. Once you play that, you'll realize why Final Fantasy Tactics isn't so well, good. We've gone way over, so you know what that means. It's time for the question and answer portion of the program. So if people want and to hey, ask you. Well, I mean, if they want to ask us what our three are for other systems, maybe they can ask us, or maybe we can do this topic again for other systems. I don't know. <laughs> um, if you right, would like to ask a question, top three go. Yeah, it would no. If you if you like, you, you can ask questions. If you would like to ask us questions that we would answer on the air, all you have to do is tweet me at it's the Commodore. 
And uh, we've already got a ton of questions, so uh, good luck. But anyway, let's uh, move right into the question and answer portion of the program. Okay. Let's see. TV's Mr. Neal asks, what are your opinions on the Retron 5 using common emulators without permission? Well. That's a good question. This is, um, yeah, it's, it's using something that was not meant to be uh, monetized, taking other people's work that was not meant to be monetized and, and using it. Uh, for financial gain, which I have some problems with. That's the reason why I have some problems with certain games that are uh, 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 put on retro or uh, repro carts and sold. Um, if it's if it is, and it's such a tricky tricky situation. It's not like anyone's going after these repro cart people, but like if if someone wants to um, put Terranigma on a repro cart so you can play it on your play on, on your PlayStation on your Super Nintendo in English. It's like, well, okay, that's like really the only way you can do that. Sure, why not? But if someone takes like Mother 3 fan translation and and puts it on a on a cart so you can yeah. play it on your Game Boy Advance, it's like that fan translation was done not for profit, uh, specifically so people could play it, and you're selling it for like fifty bucks, to, and you're making a profit off of it. Yeah, that seems kind of janky. That's though. a bit janky, and it's similar here with the Retron Five. It's a bit janky. Yeah, that's my official. I agree. I think it's. I think that's true. Um, you know, one of the things that is cool about I think a lot of things that go on in the open source scene is that nobody is trying to monetize it. Um, they're just trying to make something freely available to as many people as possible. That's the whole point of open source. So it's also um, they don't get sued. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's so true. In certain ways. One of the reasons I love the underground Xbox scene was that people would would go and port something like SNES 9X, and they would come back and say, you know, here you go. It's available to anybody. It's somebody else's emulator, but I just ported it to work on Xbox. Not like. 75 bucks and you can use somebody else's software on, on Xbox. Um, to me, it, that does seem a little bit strange. Also, I'm not, you know, I'm not keen on the wireless controllers, the Retron 5. Once you hold one of those things, it's kind of not, it loses a little bit of its allure. So Techie, appropriately Techie, brings this up. Uh, quotes, Retron 5 incorporates the Genesis Plus GX and SNES 9X next. Funny I always say it in SNES 9X. That's the yeah. only way I ever say SNES SNES. Yeah, me too. Weird. But, it's, anyway. but it's, it's because that's the way I learned it. I always called it SNES 9X. It incorporates those emulators, both of which are fil- filed under non-commercial licenses. So in, in theory, the people who made these emulators could... Uh, Absolutely, go after them. Or, sure. or some, something like that. Jeremy Coote. Will, but whatever. The, uh, as I recall, Jeremy Coote back in the mid-90s created SNES 9X and then abandoned the project when he was he was threatened to be sued. Yeah. Um, it really let's, whips the llama's ass. It really whips the llama's ass. Getting back to our old '90s software. Oh, apparently uh, Hyperkin just raised the price of Retron Five another twenty bucks. Anyway. Okay, well I'm definitely not getting one now. <laughs> Pond Life asks, "What is the one video game you would want to share with your child person, because you love it so much?" Well, I think you should answer first because you actually have a child person. Yeah, I mean, I've thought about this. You know, I, 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 it's it's a little premature. Uh, she can barely use her eyes at this point. <laughs> um, you know, she's she'll like look at you and she'll be like, you know, like you realize that she's just growing the muscles to to focus. What am I looking um, at? Yeah, like I can't believe what you've done with your hair. Um, that light is really cool. That's the kind of look she gets in her face. Oh, 
He told <laughs> he told a Jesus joke and was struck by lightning. <laughs> it really improved my faith. <laughs> when, did this, when did this when did this turn into the Jim Gaffigan? <laughs> um, anyway, he really so cake. He's not good. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm sorry. We got to stop. We'll go all night with this, Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. Okay. This is what he does? Um, why did I come here? Uh, let's see. So I would say a game to pass on to the child person. This is almost like if we collapsed all the systems together and created one game, what would we want them to play? It's the essential video game. It would basically be an Ouya. A <laughs> compact type. Um, yeah, I... Man, that is tough. To get the full experience of video games... Um, you know what's a great game that it, that encompasses a lot of great things? Is Braid. Mm. I, at the moment, I'm not saying this is my actual pick if I thought about it for more than just a couple minutes, but I just I thought, thought about it for a minute. And I, I think Braid is such a great game because it shows off some of the best things that we love about the Super Nintendo generation. But it also really shows a great creative spirit, and it's a, an incredibly creative game. It's actually a puzzle game masquerading as a platformer, which has become now that's, incredibly that's popular. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go and say it has to be um, Super Mario Brothers, especially because that's something that you... It's, it's, it's video game history right there, and it is... There's a reason it was so. It was the most. There's a reason it was the best-selling game for 20 years, uh, video game of all time for 20 years. It is ridiculously easy for anyone to pick up, and I think that's something you could enjoy with your child person at an early age. And it's and it's also a reason why, why Mario is more recognizable than Mickey Mouse. Yeah, I just said it's essential, and I basically argued against my reason for Mario three. Anyway, moving on. So it's, so it's fine. Uh, JP asks, the Tetris movie is being made by the same people who made Food Fight. My question is, what the heck did we do to deserve this? Wait, what? Food Fight was a movie? I don't know. I've never seen that. Probably for the best. I'm looking this up. Hold on. Yeah. What did we do to deserve this? Answer. Yeah, answer that. No, you you answer. I'm looking up Food Fight. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I have a better idea. Here's what oh, I'm my do. God. It was a movie. Food Fight is a 2012 American computer animated adventure comedy film produced by Threshold Entertainment. Yep, that's it. Ooh. Okay, Google. What did we do to deserve this? Oh, she didn't have anything to say. She actually just... She, she sent me a link that says, Time on a Rock War. What did we do to deserve this? <laughs> okay. Oh, I tried. I tried. Well, um, it all comes down to the Iraq War. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Faramir asks, for the Genesis, I would suggest Sonic 2, but I personally would consider Shining Force games as essential for RPGs. What is your Genesis essential? First off, I think any question we cannot answer from now on, we have to ask Google. Uh, yes. Anyway. <laughs> essential. Sonic 2. Sonic 2. So Sonic 2 would be your cho your essential choice Sonic for Genesis. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is an essential choice. Um, yeah, I, I can't argue with you there. gets harder from there because I'm not... It really does. No, 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 he didn't say 3. He said you're 1, so oh, that's good. Oh, okay, good. Sonic 2. That's good. So Sonic 2, I, you took mine. That's a great-ass game. Yeah, um, Sonic 2. There's a lot of great games on... I'm, here, I'll go with one that most people would not even think of. There's a game for Genesis called Comic Zone. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Incredibly fun, very graphically challenging. It was, um, uh, yeah, it was very um, stylized. It was. Like it. 
very artistic in nature. Hmm. A lot of fun. Ooh, Pirates. Incredible. I remember also playing Pirates Gold. That's a good one. Um, um, anyway. Psychopath asks, Yay. with the new Super uh, Smash Brothers releasing this Friday, what new characters are you most excited to play as? Dunk Hunt Dog. Dunk Hunt Dog. Dunk Hunt Dog. What? Duck are you, hunt are dog. you speaking Chinese? Dunk Hunt Dog. Dunk Hunt Dog. I had a mild stroke. Uh, duck Hunt Dog. Am I having a stroke? Uh, and of course Ness, because I actually Ness is my main because I gotta, and um, I hear he's actually not been nerfed to hell in this game, which is nice. But uh, other than that, yeah, Duck Hunt Dog, Duck Hunt Dog. Did I say Duck Hunt Dog? Said that. Also, Make sure you enunciate it. Duck Hunt Dog. Thank you. Duck Hunt Dog. Yeah, no, that's but, not what you're looking for. Oh, Little Mac. What are your opinions on Reaper? Oh, sorry. Uh, Captain 89. Cap Tank 89. What are your opinions on reproduction labels, boxes, and manuals? I think we've answered this one before, but go ahead. Uh, I mean, they're fine, I suppose. Uh, so not re the, everything but the Repro pro game, actually. Uh, yeah, they're fine as long as some people aren't so clear that they're repros. And they're purposefully not clear, and that's obviously janky, uh, to coin a phrase from ten minutes ago. But <clears throat> you know, if that's like what you, if you're okay with it in your personal collection, well, why the hell not? Especially for some of these ridiculous things, like a a Harvest Moon box for Super Nintendo can be like a hundred bucks, or EVO Search for Eden, which I literally have a, a copy of. I need to sell because it's a hundred dollars for the dang thing. But anyway, oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I am not even going to try to pronounce this person's name, and I am so sorry. So I'm just going to call them A.V., my main man A.V. Asks, who do you guys think is leading the home console race now, and who will be leading it by the end of next year? Well, I think it's pretty obviously PlayStation. Uh, the funny thing is, is they so? don't seem to know why. Um, there was a great... Uh, <laughs> a great... Uh, interview quote that uh, was pointed out by Chris Kohler a few weeks ago that someone was asking, I can't remember who's in charge of PlayStation right now. Uh, but basically they were asked like, so yeah, you're like doing really well with PlayStation 4. Uh, why is that? And the guy says, the, like the president of PlayStation or Sony or whatever, is like, we don't know. It's kind of scary because there's no reason we should be selling this many consoles we that's crazy know, we don't know if it's gonna crash next year or what but yeah I was people, like, are, wow. people are buying them and they're selling them in china that's refreshingly honest um <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly who will be ahead Thank next you. year probably still playstation if we're talking about like consoles so. sold although i think we use gonna have a little bit of a resurgence i think um i i think with smash brothers and obviously with mario kart they're they're not they're not they're not doing horribly no, not they're they're not getting out of business anytime soon or anything. Like that. No, no, no. All right, uh, I, I agree. I think Sony's in the lead. Sony will continue to be in the lead, and I think by the end of next year, it'll probably still be the same. Xbox is is now everything that Xbox <laughs> does now is going to be seen as a gimmick to try to win people back. Yeah, that's every everything they do. Oh, you don't need Xbox Live Gold to watch movies and stuff. Oh, you don't need to have the Kinect to play with the system. You know, like all these things they're doing are just being are just be it, me as someone that owns an Xbox looks at that and says that's just a gimmick to try to win people back to try to sell more consoles. That's you it. own an Xbox One? No. Oh, three sixty. And I don't think I probably will anytime soon, but that's because I don't really want to own a PlayStation Four either. You don't want an Xbox One Eighty? But I don't want one of those either. 
I want a, I want a Microsoft Windows 9 machine. Um, <laughs> that's act, that actually the operating system on that maybe that's it. The operating system on the Xbox One is actually Windows 9. Yeah, there. You know that is a great theory. You should tweet that. Sure. Um, Iron Buddha asks: Any games with the last generation? Do you think will be essential twenty years from now? I, I think so. Oh sure. And I'll, I'll pop one out right now. I think Skyrim will absolutely be relevant twenty years from now. Well, I thought we were keeping it to consoles, but all right, if you want to do that. Well, that it's, it's a console. Well, shut up. Yeah, Skyrim's really good. Uh, I wish I, I'm trying to stay away from it because I know it'll just be a time sink. Oh my God, you will lose your life. To Sky, I'm so glad I played Skyrim before I had a child. <laughs> Thank you, God. Oh, uh, I mean, there have been some really good games that I haven't even played. Uh, you think Last of Us might be an essential game for PlayStation Three? People keep talking about how great that is. Um, ah. I don't know. Would any of the Grand Theft Auto... See, if you ask me PlayStation 2, Grand Theft Auto 3 would definitely be on there. But I don't know if any of the other Grand Theft Auto games could be considered essential. Um, no, but I did just get five, and I'm pretty excited about it. So I'll tell you, that one's going to be an essential. Super Mario Galaxy, maybe? You are Mr. Gay? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, I, it's an excellent I, game. That's a tricky yeah. question. That's one to think about. Yeah, uh, but yeah, something will definitely be essential. I just I'm not sure what. Absolutely, I, I I don't think there's any question. You know, the artistic nature of video games shine through beyond hmm. just you know what was popular or, or what people bought. You know, it will not be Call of Duty. Right. Let's see. Zero Master asks, <clears throat> which 16-bit gem do you not own that you would want to own and could recommend? Wait. So wait. Not 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 like sixteen bit gem, like oh, own your oh, oh, oh. intellectual property, like an actual sixteen bit gem. <laughs> so one one that I don't own that I could recommend that I Yeah, really you'd own. recommend. It's a sixteen bit gem, you know? You may give away the the next show. Uh the the one main one I'm thinking of, uh, I do own. Um ooh. Vector Man. Vector Man's a good Balls game. with a Z. Um, I just like the way you said that. Balls. <laughs> Z. Oh, that's tricky. I got a lot of freaking games. Um, yeah, but it's one you don't own, you idiot. I know, but I'm trying to think about what I don't own. Oh, life is hard. <laughs> um, crap. Um, I know, I know there's something obvious I'm missing. Oh, there's always something obvious you're missing. That's the whole fun of this thing. You you know, that's why I didn't want to commit to a PlayStation 1, you know, uh, top three there before. Because if I did, someone's going to send me a terrible, horrible note on the site or send me an email. It's going to be three pages long about how much of an idiot I am that I missed the obvious choice. You are pretty much an idiot. Uh, well? You know what I don't know and that's actually really good, but kind of obvious? Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time. Well, that's, yeah. That's okay. a good one. Well, way to take the easy way out. It's a good one. Way to, way, to, way to make that happen. Yep, no problem. All right, so uh, bah, 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 bah. let's finish off with this one. Dylan asks, what are your thoughts on video game clones? Do they flood the market with garbage, or do they create healthy competition? Clones. I, yeah, so he, let me, you know, some of this is antiquated 
um, a little bit. But I, I, there is a one of the, my favorite articles about video games I've ever read in my life is a history of Street Fighter II, hmm. which was written by one of the editors over at Polygon. Um, you should check it out. It's, I have read this. So I think it's called The Oral History of Street Fighter II. And what they do is go back through the actual creation of the game, the concept to the creation of the game, to the release in arcades, to the release on consoles, and so on and so forth. It's all about just Street Fighter II, not about anything else. All right? And um, what I got out of that article was really cool about how what, what ended up happening, because Street Fighter II became so popular in arcades, was that people were releasing a flood, an absolute flood, a dearth, if you will. <laughs> um, a flood. A flood of, of uh, cheap knockoff Street Fighter clones that were slower uh, or were faster in some cases, um, used different characters, or in some cases were just hacks of the game that you know, were made to look real and just had little, you know, tiny changes in it. Um, the official, the, the Capcom's official strategy was to go and shut these things down. But what they realized was the, the faster they went to go shut those guys down, the faster they would kind of pop up uh, anew and just keep cloning stuff. So in the end, they just kind of accepted that they were going to have to see a little bit of that going on and would just try to push legitimate carts wherever they went. So in that case... Maybe healthy competition wasn't such a bad thing, even though it was intellectual property ripoff um, and illegal. But anyway, another story of another time. I'll go with that answer. Okay. <laughs> well, that was easy. Uh, I wish I had my that was easy button. That was easy. Um, okay. Well, you know, we didn't go over to... We, this is actually the shortest show we've done in a while. Which is sad because it's still 15 minutes over. But whatever. Oops. It's a lot over. We, you know, we, we also started a little bit late, um, as we always do. Folks, thank you for hanging in there on our, you know, wildly inconsistent times uh, of the show and uh, hanging through our issues with the new chat. Um, for those of you that, that hung around and decided to chat with us and, uh, you know, make this thing interesting and test some, some stuff out, thank you to you. Um, undoubtedly, that will probably change for next time anyway. Um, Rue, why don't we talk about the next time people can find us here? Well, that can find us. I can't talk. They can find us on the first and third Wednesday of the month, which means the next episode, next podcast, whatever the hell we're doing. The next, the next, the next dearth. I need sleep. Uh, Wednesday, October 15th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Clearly we all need sleep. Yes. And did we actually come up with the, um, the topic for next time? We did. It was. Yes. Uh, what did I say it was going to be? It was... Um, we came up with... Crap, I can't remember now. Something like dickhead so book good. readers or something like that. Yes, yes. So what we... Here's what we, here's what we came up with. And we're and clearly this, this is a little rough around the edges, folks. But this is what you get for watching the show live. We'll okay? refine it. We're going to refine this over the time. But but here it's a little rough around the edges. You know those people that like go and read the book and then you go and like see the movie and you haven't read the book? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they start telling you, well, or, this, or, this or is TV not as good as the book. Yeah. Or TV shows or whatever. Oh, tale um, as old as time. Do I? What? It's, I said it's a tale as old as time. Oh, it's, yeah, it's a tale as old as time. Right. From, from everything you can possibly imagine. Sci-fi, fantasy, you know, true crime, whatever. All that kind of stuff. 
people walk out and go, well, it wasn't as good as the book. You know, is, is, that, is that a real thing? Like, is that real? Are things actually not as good as the book? Or, or it, you know, are we just like, uh, are these people just assholes? I guess, I guess that's, that's kind of what we're trying to figure out for the next episode. <laughs> yeah. A little, again, a little rough around the edges. We'll get it, we'll get it refined by, in two weeks. We'll figure it out. We got plenty of time. Don't Filthy casuals. <laughs> Filthy casuals. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can figure that one out. All right. We'll, 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 we'll put some work in it. We'll put some work in it, folks. Don't worry. As we always do, we will uh, spin together a topic that will uh, both entertain uh, and potentially piss you off here on the Echo Screen Live. The official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. Thank you for watching, everybody. And, and be sure to follow us because we, we actually are kind of a real grown-up podcast now. Yes, again, search for us, Echo Screen Live, iTunes, Stitcher, Android, yeah. whichever you'd All like. All over the damn place. Have fun. Uh, wherever you'd like to find us. So because, you can, let's face it, sitting here and watching us on a YouTube channel talking at you for an hour and a half. Come on. That takes a while. Maybe you want to yeah. go running. Maybe you right. want to build a birdhouse, you know? Yes. That, that was a good one. Maybe you want to milk the cow. Yeah, do some local work in the community. But the thing is, if you're milking the cow, remember, you might have the cow's ear, but not but the farmer's. Uh, and with that, I will wish you all a, a wonderful, wonderful two weeks until we see you again. Uh, for Rue, I am the Commodore from the Clan of the Gray Wolf, and there is no reset button. <laughs>